Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Baseball America Prospect Podcast here. J.J. Cooper, Ben Badler. Actually in the same room, you know, because we're, we're here in the Futures game. We're in D.C. We uh, just finished off a, a long, fun day at the ballpark. Uh, long weekend because we also had the prospect pad yesterday, which was really fun as well. But this is really this is what we love to do, and we wanted to talk about share a little bit, you know, kind of what we saw and, and kind of share that with you guys. And the first thing that stands out obviously is is futures game today. Uh, we saw a lot of home runs. We saw a lot of power arms. We saw really a really really fun game. Is I guess the best way I would describe it. What did you think? Yeah, I think other than, you know, there wasn't really a defensive gem, a big defensive Buddy highlight. Reed. Buddy Reed's Yeah, catch it was good. Wall. It wasn't like, the, you know, Eloy jumping over the no. wall or something no. like that. It really <laughs> sticks out. But otherwise, I mean, I think you saw, you know, Tatis's arm at, at third base. You saw power and BP. And, and certainly in the game, uh, you saw some of those balls. <laughs> certainly some scouts, uh, among others, were wondering uh, what exactly is in those baseballs. It's making them. It was definitely the major league ball. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was certainly carrying some of those line drives. <laughs> in a way uh, that they did going. not carry in BP. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. I mean, I mean even just seeing like Yusniel Diaz and and Cabrian Hayes, just the ball carrying off their bat, and then those guys do have some some raw power. Not taking. But they haven't had game power yet. And right. That's something where maybe the. The major league ball is a very wonderful thing for them. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you saw you saw a lot of. I mean, Peter Alonso, the way he hit that ball, that's going out with any baseball, any ball. Peter part. Alonso, <laughs> you could, yeah, it does not matter if you threw a nineteen ten, you know, uh, mush ball up there. Yeah, and I, and you saw, I mean, like Luis Basabe turning around one hundred and two miles an hour. Some of these guys, Taylor Trammell's hitting approach, Tatis, Kirillov, his. Really young guys with pretty advanced hitting approaches. I thought it was was really fun to watch. It, it was. It was a lot of fun to watch. We also saw, I mean, yes, Hunter Green gave up a couple of really hard hits. We also saw an 18-year-old, Hunter Green, throw pretty much at a level of velocity that in Major League Baseball, he's not in Majors yet, but in Major League Baseball, this was with StatCast, in Major League Baseball you're talking about a Aroldis Chapman, Okay, Jordan, Jordan Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. And okay, if you want a cautionary tale, I would throw Mauricio Cabrera, who could throw 102, 103. On a, you know, but I, I saw a stat. Uh, Darren Wilman, I think, tweeted out tonight that Hunter Green threw more 100 mile an hour pitches in this game, and he only pitched, do remember, basically an inning, but he threw <laughs> more than like there were like six or seven teams have not thrown that many in the Statcast era. Yeah, his arm speed is is phenomenal. Um, the way he <laughs> it just is able to generate. I mean, he didn't throw a fastball under no. 100. We miles saw 103, an and 100 was oh, he took a little something off. Yeah, and but the other thing is, is you also now this was a fastball dominated game. We actually talked to players after the game. Pitchers were like, "Yeah, I know they were looking fastball, but it's a futures game. We want to show what we can do with our fastball too, and so it's best against best." But we also did see, you know, uh, Adonis Medina's changeup had some, you know, he threw a really good changeup. Sean Anderson threw a really good changeup. Dakota Hudson's slider was yeah. really good. We saw Jesus Lazardo showed three pitches. I mean, it was something where you did see some flashes. Tuki Toussaint showed three pitches. He's always been a fastball, curveball guy, but talked about it after the game about it. It's like, no, 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 the changeup's coming along. It, it is something where it's becoming a, a useful pitch. We saw a lot of that as well. The other thing that's fun about this, though, is, is and we see it most every year, you have the guys who this is kind of the next step for them. Um, you know, this is for uh, a number of the guys in here, top prospects in the game, Fernando Tatis Jr., Joe Adele, Hunter Green, who we just talked about. These are guys who this is almost, I wouldn't describe it, I, I mean, again, they were all excited to be here too, but it's almost an expected step. They were the top prospects in the draft. Right. 
you know, or internationally, you know, they've they've performed, and they, this is this yeah, is yeah, Bo Bichette, Cabrian uh-huh. Hayes, or Dad played in the big league. They've been around this kind of thing for right their whole big life. league clubhouse. Yeah. Got like, ooh, <laughs> what is this? It's like, no, I, I you know, I was four and I was running around with these. But you also at these games have guys for whom this is a really really big deal because you know, talking to C.D. Pelham after the game, the Rangers reliever. This is not something that he was coming into the season going, you know, if I can just get to that Futures game. That was not on his radar. And playing in front of this many fans on national TV with his family there, it was a very, very big deal for a guy like that. And again, he's not the only one, but there, he, but there are guys at this game that this is like, wow, I'm, I really am on the right track. And it's a validation in that way. And also a taste of what big league life could be like that they didn't expect coming into the season they were that they were going to see that this year. Yeah, no, 100%. I think especially, really, almost all the guys, when you get into that big league stadium, you see like, oh, there's a third deck here <laughs> and a fourth deck. I think it's um, it could be a little intimidating for some of them. But, but yeah, seeing a guy like uh, like a C.D. Pelham or, you know, Adonis Medina was not like a big-time right. international signing. He's gotten a lot more attention. But, uh, yeah, to see those guys get the opportunity to – to play in that kind of atmosphere and, and everything that goes goes with it. I mean, MLB takes care of, of all these guys pretty well, so it's uh, it's cool to see those well, guys get that experience. The other thing that you get from almost every player, you know, in the clubhouse afterwards asking them, it's amazing how many players say, man, that game flew by. Now, if you're a pitcher, obviously it's like it's a little different situation. Almost Pelham and I'm trying to think, Pelham pretty much, I think, is about the only... I mean, this is mainly a starting pitcher game. Right. With most, with few exceptions. So, if, you know, if you're a starting pitcher and you're normally used to pitching, you know, 75 to 100 pitches and all of a sudden you're throwing 20, yes, the game's going to fly by. But even for the position players, they talk about how, man, that felt like that was an hour. You know, it just flies by. But there's a reason for that, which is you're trying to soak all this in, you know, and you can't because... It's one of, there are guys for whom this is one of the best baseball moments they've ever had. And it's kind of cool to see they're not jaded about it. They are absolutely, positively just thrilled that they got to experience this. Yeah, and so it's even for some of the guys who it's, you know, we'd love to have, and Vladdy Jr. is injured, obviously. But there's, there's some guys where it's like, you know, we'd love to have like the, you know, every single player be like the best prospect in baseball, like, there's certain limitations with the roster rules. Every team having having to have somebody in there. We and, always every year the world yeah. first base spot's going to be a tough one to find. Yeah, and, luckily we've had Jordan Alvarez. Yes. the past couple of years. Jordan's so going to graduate. It's going to be rough. <laughs> but but yeah, so there's some things that make it tricky. But yes, yeah, so for some of those guys who aren't quite as at the level of like a, like a Bichette or a Tatis, it's kind of, it's still cool seeing them kind of get the opportunity to uh, to play in that game. Peter Alonso is a guy who again had a great day today. You know. Put on show and BP, hit absolutely hit yeah. hit probably the most majestic home run of all the home runs, and we say all there were eight. That was a good adjective, yeah. But the most majestic home run, enjoyed it probably more than anyone else. Like he did not leave that batter's box until he had found it, he had tracked it. I think Taylor Trammell enjoyed his yes. what he thought was his home run. Yeah, that was the yes, yes, he did. But he did make up for he still got the third base. So yeah, he oh. he. He probably his slowest home to the third time he's ever had because he actually got to first base, pointed to the dugout like, "Hey, uh, you know, do you see that I hit a homer?" And they were yelling back at him, "No, you didn't." <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like Peter Peter Alonso said afterwards, like this is you know, no, you this is something you should enjoy this, and it is true. Like again, we had the prospect pad yesterday, um, and if you don't know, like so basically we do this. We invite all the players, and we, yesterday we had 47 of the 50. The other three who weren't there actually had not gotten into town in time. Right. Tuki Dusant was being told at the time, like, hey, Tuki, you are going <laughs> to the Futures game as we were having the prospect pad. So we unfortunately couldn't have Tuki there yesterday. But Louisville Slugger, you know, gives them bats. Uh, uh, Wilson gloves, Evo shield gives. Them, I mean, they get a lot Which of. Which came in handy with the Evo shield. Yes, Luis Urias got hit Luis, right on the. Uh... Luis Urias got hit <laughs> on the Evo shield. They get molded Evo shields and all that. But then we also interview them and all, and it really is fun because you get these kind of situations where you kind of get to, kind of get to just talk to the players, you know, and kind of in a little bit more relaxed environment. And 
That was a, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I you know, uh, by the way, you, you called him George. So I want to see, is it George Guzman? Yeah, I asked him. I said, do you prefer, I said well, how do you prefer to pronounce your first name? He goes, oh, George, you can you can call me George. I said, you sure? Jorge? We can go Jorge, yeah. George. Oh, George. George. Okay, so. but George Guzman, I mean, that was a fun interview, just even just watching you guys, listening to it. I mean, but... There was a lot of fun interviews there yesterday. You know, we're, a lot of them are up on the YouTube page. But but what are some of the things that stood out to you that, you know, from kind of getting that chance to kind of talk to players a little bit in depth? I mean, we had yeah. five, ten-minute interviews. Yeah, I, I, one of the guys I really like talking to was uh, Miguel Amaya, the mm-hmm. Cubs catcher. Uh, kid, kid. Well, he's of course yeah. still getting a kid. He, he uh, is. Young, I mean, he's a young prospect out of uh, Panama. I mean, I remember him when he was when he signed. He was 16 years old in that Unbelievable 2015 and we, international signing class. So. Yes, we do mean unbelievable. Yeah, um, he he's behind because he's you know having a he's in the futures game and he's having but he's <laughs> but he's a great you know a great young catcher who's in low A. So it's like yeah, come on, dude, Vladdy, in, you know Vladdy, Jimenez, Leody, Tavares, Soto's you know Soto's one of the best hitters in the National League. So I mean, come on, Miguel, you got to speed this up. Yeah, not you know Pache, so many guys from from that class, Javier. Uh, Highland Ortiz, we'll see what happens, but I mean, but yeah, I really like talking to Miguel Amaya, uh, fully bilingual already, which is super impressive, and it also... Very useful as a catcher. Absolutely, I mean, we were just talking about him building, he was like, a, you know, the pitcher, the, everybody on the pitching staff needs to be my best friend, <laughs> and uh, I said, well, the way you're hitting and the way you're defending, <laughs> I think you're probably their best friend too, so, uh, but it was cool just hearing him talking about... Uh, you know, growing up playing baseball in Panama, it's a lot different than in the Dominican Republic, and their exposure to scouts is, is a lot different. And just hearing about his, uh, you know, the way he he came over to uh, to the states and and has developed both offensively and defensively, and yeah, just getting a lot of these guys, especially for the international players, just getting their kind of like their origin story is always mm-hmm. super interesting. Like you talked about with Guzman, uh, you know, we'll have that interview up uh, hopefully soon, but. Uh, it's it's a lot different than a lot of the you know kids who grow up playing in the states and go play high school and travel ball and all that. So um, I don't know who who was the guy or some of the guys Ta- for you that Taylor Trammell. Taylor Trammell had a very good weekend. I really enjoyed talking to him. But too, Taylor yeah. Trammell, I mean, we're both from Georgia, so we yeah. had kind of we started we started talking uh, Georgia high school football for a little while and all that. But just like talking to Taylor, you know, during the interview and kind of asking him, Tim talking about his approach and how him saying about how if he gets a four pitch walk. Four pitches, four you know, four balls. It takes a walk. That's a win to him. In so many ways, he's like, for one, I'm getting on base, and if I get on base, I can do things when I'm on base. And for two, if I get a four pitch walk, well, for one, okay, that means at 3-0, he missed, and I didn't chase. And the other thing is, is I know the next time I'm probably going to get a pitch I really can hit. It's a very advanced approach for a uh, for a young hitter. But also him then talking about his defense, which has always been kind of a little bit more of the question. And then saying, you know, I am a little bit better going to my right still than I am to my left. But I really, I try to power shag a lot. That's very important, you know. And I'm, the thing is, is he said, I know I'm getting to balls this year that I did not get to last year. Like where mm. I'm getting to it. I'm, and that's something, it's funny, it triggered the story. Tom Verducci had a great story about Mike Trout in, uh, you know, for Sports Illustrated last week. And Trout talking about it and like how... He's not giving up on balls, and he's getting the balls he didn't think he'd get to. Taylor Trammell's telling the same story, and he's doing it, you know, in, in the minor leagues. Like, no, right. I'm getting the balls that I wasn't getting to. That's, you know, again, it's for all these players. They're always working on things, but it's fascinating to kind of see, like, you know, kind of note, this is kind of my to-do list right now. And, and again, Trammell was, was very impressive. There are a lot of, I mean, to be honest, there are a lot of guys who are very impressive. Yeah, Joe Adele, that was a super engaging guy. Oh, for 19 years old, especially. Down to earth and yeah. very engaging. Like, you can see Joe Adele has a chance. Like, the tools are, you know, he, I joked with him. I did say, it's like, you know, I mean, it is, you know, I mean, you're not the athlete your sister is, but you're really good. <laughs> they, he's tweeted some of her videos, like, you know, she's posted, and like, box jumps and all. His box jumps are absurd. Her, her box jumps are absurd. But Joe Adele is a guy who really has a chance, if it all comes together, to be a star. Like, he's, you know, he's got athleticism. He can run. He's physical. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. It could be all there. Yeah. But the other part of that, the other component about it, to be a star is he's also a guy. Chris Bryant, you know, had this. Where you, even when they're, you know, again, Chris is a little older. But when you talk to Chris, you know, when he was in minors, it's like, He's already uber professional, you know, where you see this. You see the same thing with Joe where it's like he's a guy who's going to be 
kind of one of the faces of the clubhouse down the road. And in a very authentic way, yes. too. It's not like a fake put on no, there's no, something for the media. There's no over-polish. Like it's just like, it's just who he is. Yeah, it's very authentic. I thought it came across that way. And that's every interaction I've had yeah. going back to high school with him. It's always kind of been that way. It's, been, it's, it's Again, it's very impressive. But uh, Joe Adele stood out. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Again, there were a lot of guys who really, it, it was impressive. Um Elliot Ramos. Again, we're talking about because we're talking about young guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. old, but I mean, we're, but we're talking about when they say, you know, we're talking about guys who are 18, like, yeah. like Elliot Ramos talking about, like, I know I haven't had the greatest year, but at the same time, I really made strides. I feel like I'm better, I'm much better at the plate now. He said, but at the same time, I'm 18 and I'm facing 22, 23 year olds a lot. I know that it's going to take a little time. Like, no, yeah. that's. That's true. Yeah, no, I enjoyed talking like, to uh, Jesus Sanchez too a little bit. Just uh, we were talking about him and because he's he's known Wander Frank. They kind of came out of the same program uh, in the Dominican Republic, obviously several years apart. So, but he kind of knew who he was. He was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, and now they're obviously teammates of the Rays. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, he's like, he's like, people think I'm a good hitter. He's like, he's like, no, this guy is so good, and I what? totally agree with him. And Why you can we... imagine me bringing up Wonder Franco. Uh, stunning, stunning him, development, yeah. stunning <laughs> development that that happened, you know. And, no, we, we have reached the point where last night we held, a, after the prospect pad, we had a meeting about the top 100 and about midseason top 10s, kind of divide, work them through and spend a lot of time on that. And uh, during that, we all looked up what Wander Franco did, and, you know, he hit for the cycle last night with two, two home, home runs. Run, yeah, five for six, I think it was. Oh my you know, God. and then, so... As we're walking out of the Futures game tonight, we're talking about the Futures game, but we looked up what Wander Franco did tonight. Only had a hit tonight, I think. But, uh, you know, where it's just like, yes, Wander Franco has reached the point where every night we have to know what Wander Franco's doing because he's that good. Um, but, you know, again, like the other thing that just does stand out, like you mentioned Miguel Amaya. Um, Miguel Amaya's BP stood out to me mm. because really easy oppo power. Now, they weren't leaving the yard, but if you're going oppo in BP and you're hitting 14 feet up on a 15-foot fence in center field, <laughs> you know, right center but really more court towards center, probably 390 where that fence was, yeah, that's, that's some impressive carry. And, you know, again, he was a guy, again, one thing you do have to remember is I tweeted about this, like we've got AAA guys in this game, we've got low-A guys in this game. He's the guy, Miguel is a guy who's in low low class A. And not only that, but he had the weirdest situation here. He left the game. Kbert Ruiz replaced him. And then it is an all-star game. I, you, I hope Kbert's okay, but Kbert took a ball, foul ball, right off of his throwing hand. Had to leave the game. Miguel Amaya, you're done. You're, you know, you're kind of cooling down, relaxing. It's like, boom, you're back in the game. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're catching Adonis Medina, who's just, I mean, bringing, you know, nasty yeah. stuff. Pitch and after pitch. you have to have the meeting beforehand. Okay, so uh, what pitches do you throw? <laughs> what pitches do you throw? Well, I have this uh, really nasty changeup. The fastball really moves, and it's like 96. Uh, you know, okay, you know, then let's go. And so, you know, again, like you are seeing guys who are at different levels of their development. But also one of the things that happens with that, though, is it stands out is, is when you see an 18-year-old. Well, you remember you mentioned Eloy Jimenez. A couple of years ago, Eloy Jimenez had a game where he just, like, it was the Eloy Jimenez Futures game. Yeah, Trout did it one year, too. It's, yes. Yeah. And, and you talk about guys who are those lower-level prospects. What what stood out to me when you, when you mentioned BP and that was Suli Matias. Mm-hmm. I, I was super excited to watch him take BP. I, I hadn't seen him since he was 16 years old when he was in the Dominican Republic, at least not in person. And... You know, you've seen what he's done this year. The power twenty six home runs are are absurd, especially for a guy who doesn't make a ton of contact. No, if he hits the but, ball, it... but but yeah, I you know, like yeah, if he hits the ball, which he was doing obviously in BP, uh, he 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 has the loudest BP of anybody there. And then in the game to go out and hit in to hit a, a fastball on the outer third. Just to go with where the ball right. is pitched, just yeah, and just hit it over the fence, opposite field, at, line drive at 19 years old. Like I think he's listed at six three, two hundred. I, I I think he's heavier than that yes. in a good way. Yeah, like, it, there's just like muscle all over his back and shoulders, and to do that against Justice Sheffield, 
who's a triple A guy, that was that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll forget it at some point, but that that definitely sticks in my mind. And to me, like I thought, actually, like his 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 issues to me are more pitch recognition mm-hmm. and and plate discipline because the swing itself, I think, works and the power is is. Oh my goodness. He's fascinating. And I mean that like in the best sense of the word. If it all comes together, again we talk about Joe Adele. If it all comes together, Sully Matthias could be a star because he could be a 35, 40 home run a year right fielder. I mean that is well within could be even above that. I mean we'll see what happens with, right, the, with baseball, the ball, yeah. the offensive environment. But, but... I'll say that like but, you know, I still in a world where that's like to me like an 80 grade hit, right. you know, power, but maybe it's not now. But yeah, but you know, but he could be that. Now, again, now he, the hurdles are, are pretty hefty because he's striking out 37% of the time. I still don't think he, I mean, we just heard us talk about him. I don't even think he's a top 100 prospect yet. Because you got to, you, you want to see him make just a little bit more consistent contact. Like the, the ceiling is immense, but the guys who strike out, you know, he's, 37% of the time, like he is, it's a very hard road. Now There's an outcome, yeah, where he goes to Japan and hits mm-hmm. 50 home runs. Letter <laughs> Valentin goes, yep, I, I know. Willie Mopena. You know, but, I mean, really, you know, or he may be, again, like, want to bring up a guy who did do that. Joey Gallo walked a little more, and that helped. But Joey Gallo is a guy with immense power who struck out a lot, I think at times like 35 36%. Who's gone to the big leagues and hit a lot of homers? Now, Gallo still needs to make a little bit more contact because it's you know the the batting average is and the on base percentage is suffering because of the batting average. But again, that's something where he also could end up being you know a guy who does hit for a lot of home a lot of homers and a low average, which still could be a pretty useful guy. Yeah, I mean with hit like like you said compared to Gallo, Gallo walks more, which is what I wish Matias mm-hmm. was able to at least which, have the patience, but the swing. Like it's a, it's a, it's so a probably a little more conducive yes. to hitting than Gallows. Than Gallows, yeah. Gallows, was, Gallows works for him. <laughs> you don't, yeah. Mortal men could not yeah, use that. If you swing. don't have Joey Gallo power, it's not, not yeah. advisable. Yeah, again, like if you wanted to go, if you look back, if you want to be optimistic about it, I talk about that Hickory team way too often because it's still one of the best minor That's an teams exciting ever. team. That minor that that Hickory team, which now I believe everyone but the shortstop, starting shortstop. Who was, it was what Gallo, Alfaro. So Alfaro was the catcher. Guzman at first. Oh, Guzman. That's Ryan right. Ruel was the second baseman. He ended up moving, and you know, but he was the second baseman. Uh, shortstop did not make it. Gallo was the third base, and then your outfield was Nick Williams, Lewis Brinson, and uh, Nomar Mazzara. Oh my! So every. <laughs> That's on a low A team. Every, That's like a stack, like a stack, most stack minor league teams. Usually like a double A kind of team. That is funny thing is, is and by the way, the best athlete on that team has also played the majors, but it's a different. He's on. He was a Jordan Akins was drafted by the Browns this year, so if he makes it this year, <laughs> you could say that the DH also made it to the big leagues, just a different sport. Like he yeah. was the best athlete. So of Dee all Podesta this. has him right with the Browns. Yes. Yeah. So all right. You know, but uh, but no, but the thing about it is if you want to be, you know, that team had a ton of guys who struck out a ton, and I mean a ton. Lewis Brinson struck out a ton. Joey Gallo struck out a ton. You know, but, you know, they did put it all together at least to make the majors. Now, we're still waiting on some of these guys to have, you know, the, the breakout season. But, uh, but again, yeah, Suli is, is a very fascinating dude. Another teenager, Luis Garcia is a guy, didn't have a chance to do a ton in the game, but uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of Luis Garcia this weekend because I saw him Friday night where he had two hits uh, also in Potomac. But, uh, and then Prospect had then today. I feel like I'm going to miss Luis Garcia tomorrow. You know? But, you know, teenager, 18-year-old who's already in high A, and watching him in BP, he's like, he's got some, he's got more pop than your average 18-year-old middle infielder. Yeah, that and he, he knows what he's doing on the field, too, the, the baseball IQ Definitely sticks out. Just working that walk. You know, C.D. Pelham was a lefty. You know, left-on-left guy. He's pumping upper 90s. Yeah, left-on-left. Fastballs. And, all right, well, you know, swung and missed the first one and then worked his way back, drew a walk, went first to third. I mean, it's not <laughs> anything sexy. It's not any big highlight reel stuff. But if you're if you're watching it and you're watching him all season, too, you can see, like, that's 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 indicative of, 
the mm. kind of baseball acumen that he has. Which, by the way, he's, he's a Nationals teenager, so he's, he, he has a good model to follow That's on right. this, which is his on the playoff. Juan well, Soto, so. who's like, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, yes, I'm, yes, I might be 19, but I can work my way back from 02 better than almost anyone in the majors. So. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say he might be in the major no, leagues. But no, no. Sorry, I was talking about he's got a model. Well, he, I'm saying he yeah. could be. I mean, they they are moving their guys fast. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it, but so again, I, I do think that there was um, just, again, just a really fun day. This is, again, this is one of those moments that we just look forward to all year because we go to a lot of games. There is no... There is nothing else like this game for the amount of talent you see in uh, one ballpark on one day. And I've been to New Hampshire a lot this year. Yes, and, and he's been to New Hampshire, and he can still say that. Saying something. You know, we talk about the players getting excited. We get super excited, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, it's, and we've been, I've been, this is what, 10, I think, now, Futures games for me. And probably I think this is like, me. yeah, something like that for me. And it's like, it does not, it does not get old. It does not, if the, the day where I'm like, oh, I have to go to the Futures game. Is the day that I should stop doing this because you know we we know we are fortunate to do this. We've told it to you. We we will tell it to you again. Thank you, subscribers. You know because you guys are you know you all are what help us to do this. Absolutely. And we hope you enjoy what we're providing from it. But um, we try to you know we work really hard. You know, again, we were here for four hours after the prospect pad last night trying to make the best top hundred, the best midseason top tens we can. It would have been way more fun to basically have said, ah, shut it down, let's go, you know, get something good to eat. I didn't eat dinner last night instead. We are insane. I mean, I guess what we're saying, but it's, you know, but it's a good insane. We love doing this. Um, and it really is, like, again, the other thing about it is, is going back to it is, is it is fun to see that the players do understand how cool this event is. Like, Peter Alonso was just gushing afterwards about how fun this was. Sean Anderson was too. I guess I should say Buddy Ree was too. Let's all the Gators. They were all having a great time. And they were all proud of the fact that the Florida Gators had a guy who got the win, a guy who got a homer, and the guy who had the best defensive play in the game. Oh, they were pointing funny. that out. So, you know, they said, just, as, as, as Peter Lonza said, it's a great day for Gators today. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, that was fun. I mean, the, I think the guy, the guy, the player, I don't know about you, but the player I, I enjoyed watching the most was Fernando Tatis Jr., because, I mean, he's our number two prospect in the game right now. He just, I think he showed why. Everything, he showed everything in the game. He made a nice defensive play at shortstop. When he was at third base, you could see the arm. In BP, you saw big, big power. Uh, and in the game, he showed pretty advanced feel for hitting. I mean, he's, again, like 19 years old. We're talking about these guys. Like, we think we would stop being impressed after you're saying, like, Soto and Vladdy but, and all these guys, but yeah. But at the same time, it does stand out. Like, what we are in a really weird time, in a good way. This is not normal. It is not normal to have this many 18 and 19-year-olds. Like, as you said, okay, Juan Soto... Juan Soto... I mean, we could go on for Juan Soto for another... I could go on for an hour about one. He is, right now, there has never been, ever, 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 there's never been a 19-year-old in the big leagues with this kind of approach. And when I say that, I went back and researched it. Like, you say in the integration era, which is a pretty, like, 1947 is pretty much, in some form, modern baseball. The beginning of modern baseball. The highest OBP that you find, like, Guys do not put up 400 OBPs as a 19-year-old. The best players, the all-time greats don't do that. And this is from a guy who had, what, like nine at-bats above <laughs> I mean, This is a guy who, he never went to a Futures game because at this time last year, he was hurt, and he had 20 games of low-class A experience. And this year, when the Futures game rolls around, oh, I'm sorry, he's not at the Futures game. Why? Because he's the maybe right now the best hitter in the Nationals' big league lineup. He's too busy playing for the big league club. That's insane, but you have him. You have Vlad, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's, by the way, when he comes back, we'll see if he can hit 400 in the minors and, you know, and have enough at-bats to qualify, which is crazy. And then you've got Fernando Tatis Jr. And then you've got, you know, again, we talk about Luis Garcia, who's in high A as an 18-year-old. Yeah, and Andres then you, Jimenez, Leo Andres Jimenez, Jimenez, these guys are... Leotis Taveras, 
You got Hunter Green, who's 18 and was throwing 103 in the game today. You've got, again, you just keep going down the list, and it's like, this is crazy. How Hell many guys? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is. But it's awesome because, I mean, the reality of it is, is that one of the things we've seen, it is a partly because of the velocity of the power. It is a young man's game. I mean, the reality of it is, is that there are a thousand reasons that probably are part of it. But you look at it and you look at the number of 33, 34, 35-year-olds not named Nelson Cruz who are having productive seasons. It's a pretty short list. But the flip side of that is is they look at the number of 21, 22, 23, 24-year-olds who are having very productive seasons, and it's a pretty long list. It's that's Again, that's fun for what we do because we're seeing these guys move very quickly from being drafted or signed Again, you're talking about the international class of 2015. That's three years ago. And we're talking about a who's who of the best prospects in baseball and a guy who's already graduated. That's yeah, crazy. and I think a lot of it, too, is is just the difference between how, especially in the Dominican Republic and, and Venezuela, too, how those amateur players are being developed, uh, both as amateur players and then after they sign, too. I think both the trainers and the teams are doing a much better job on on that than they were uh, ten years ago. I mean, ten oh. years ago, you know, you, you were giving guys a lot of money based on very limited game looks, <laughs> and a lot of money was wasted. Now you look at like if you just look at the top five prospects in a given signing class, you have guys like Glaber, Devers, Eloy. Uh, you know, Franklin Barreto, uh, you have, you know, Vladdy and Andres Jimenez and Leoti and, you know. And Wander Franco. Wander Franco. I mean, the five from last, Everson Pereira going to the Appy League already. Yeah, I mean, the 2017 class, I, I think that's going to be similar to the 2015 class. And I actually think it's way far ahead to, you know, to some extent. But the 2019 and even some of the 2020 guys, like, these guys are playing in a lot more games as amateurs than ever before. Unpack that because, again, this is something, when you talk about this, if you go back 10 years, you don't have to go back 10 years. I've, what I've seen, and I want to ask you because you see a lot more than I do, but even five years ago, you know, you saw international players who really, they were, they were ready for a showcase but they had there had very little in-game experience. Very little, yes. And you'd see things like I remember uh, for Tournament of Stars, no, for NHS was it NHSI one yeah, year. Yeah, they brought a group of guys over to North Carolina. Jalen Ortiz, I think, was probably the yeah. Miguel Amaya was actually there. Miguel Amaya, we talking yeah. about it. It was. Uh, I, I remember writing a note on Amaya. It was probably forty-five degrees there for a bunch of kids from the Dominican Republic and like obviously Panama Amaya's case who <laughs> never, never ever that was funny, but. But again, you were starting to see they were playing games. They weren't just basically doing workouts. That's made a massive difference, hasn't it? Oh, totally. I mean, like 10 years ago, I think that around that time, probably a little less than that, they started the Dominican Prospect League. And now it's like you go all over the Dominican Republic and you can see games. You can see games all the time. Maybe not in those like big, like an IPL uh, or, the, you know, the JDB. They, they Those guys do run a, a whole bunch of games too, but... You know, these trainers now are just saying, all right, well, especially like MLB, they're, they're you know, basically, so the, like the trainers are getting together and saying, all right, well, let's pull my guys together and we'll play a game against this guy's academy today. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a big event. And there's only, maybe there's only a handful of scouts there that day, but uh, the kids are getting game experience. They're playing It's games. an entirely it's, different situation. They're working on, you know, they're recognizing pitches. It's not just some guy grooving the ball over the plate to them and BP, who they take BP from all the time. It's learning game situations, learning how to turn a double play in games, learning, all right, even just, you know, you see a guy, and you still see it at that level because the kids are 14, 15, 16 years old, but, you know, you see a kid, just the way he feels a, a fungo, a ground ball, a shortstop, and then it's like fielded, shuffle, 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 throw the ball and air it out. Well, okay, the runner, there's a, there's a batter who's running up the first base line, like he's safe, you know? Like now you're actually seeing these kids... Who who know? All right, I gotta feel the ball and I gotta get rid of it fast. I don't think it's a 
I don't think, I think there's no coincidence to it. You just talked about it. Nowadays, when you look at the top international prospects in a class, it's, the, it's really the same thing as looking at the top in a draft class where it doesn't mean everyone's going to hit, but it means the success rate now. Again, if you look at that yeah. now compared to 10 years ago, you just mentioned 2017. Okay, your, your slash our top five. Wander Franco, who is one of the better prospects in baseball right now at oh, this moment. Absolutely. You know, Daniel Flores, which is a tragedy beyond all tragedies. I mean, that's just awful that, you know, we lost him last year. Ronnie Mauricio, really good prospect. Everson Pereira, already in the Appy League. And George Valera, who, you know, was starting to put on show after show, you know, very quickly. Oh, yeah. I mean, Julio Rodriguez, Carlos Rodriguez, both in the Dominican Summer League All-Star game today. Wanted to get down there, but uh, had to choose the Futures game for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a tough call. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Uh, but, like, Luis Garcia was the number three prospect in oh, 2016. Yeah. Eric Pardino is, you know, again, another guy in the Appy League already. You know, and he's from Brazil, so it's, uh, it's, it's different over there, too. But, yeah, I mean, these guys, it's both before they signed, and then even after they signed, they have, like, this unofficial July 2nd league now where all these guys who signed this year, um, you know, I don't know every single player who's playing or, or sitting out, but they have, like, a tricky league, right? Which I love is the, the tricky league. The unofficial league for July 2nd. Players, they can't officially play in games until next year. But, you know, not only that, where they're getting some game experience, but just the way teams are are, are, are handling these guys and, and developing these players and, and investing in them where when they come over, like, these guys are ready to go right away. Another, not in all cases. I mean, you, yeah. again, like, there's, there's still guys who are more raw. And you gotta, you got to have patience. you got to have patience with all these guys still. But, I mean, that's why you're seeing some of these guys – coming so so fast and being a lot more advanced I think especially the the top guys in the class yeah and then the 2015 class I'm looking at our rankings from 2015 okay Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was not in this game because he's hurt but he's the best prospect in baseball yeah also should be in the big leagues yes but (laughs) Andres Jimenez was in this game today Mets number one prospect Leody Tavares was in this game Rangers number one prospect Suli Matias number seven was in this game today uh, Juan Soto was not in this game. He ranked 13th because he's uh, already graduated from being a uh, prospect. And again, that doesn't include, we've got Christian Pache, we've got Gilberto Celestino who's having a good year in the New York Penn League. Wander Miguel Hire. Amaya was in this game. He yeah. was number 22. Um, it, it is crazy. That's the tattoos here, too. I mean, I, I, That's I wrote the that in the superlative story today that, like, you know, a lot of people were not in on tattoos. And I that's from talking to the scouts at the time. <laughs> about Tatis and you know put it this way like MLB has their annual international showcase every year and sometimes like there have been a couple of years they've invited a player who's like the son of mm-hmm. a former big leaguer but they they get the, all the guys who I think are the top guys or they think are the top guys there um they didn't invite Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> to the MLB international showcase and I don't think anybody was saying oh how could this guy not Come, there were a lot of people who were very skeptical of him at the time, and very quickly, you know, credit credit one to the White Sox to Marco Patti and, and those guys for identifying him mm-hmm. and, and and believing in Fernando Tatis. Major credit to the San Diego Padres for stealing him right out from underneath the I, uh, the White Sox. I don't think we can post about Fernando Tatis Jr. on Twitter without getting. A bunch of really sad <laughs> responses right. that, that, from from White Sox fans, but I mean, it's not like it was that long ago that this. I mean, it was very quickly that he got. He just he really got a lot better, and it's a, a huge credit to to Tatis. We had two guys in this game who were traded, who were acquired by teams before they ever played an official game. Luzardo, the other one, Jordan Alvarez. Jordan, oh yeah. Jordan Alvarez was originally a Dodger. The, the funny thing with that one is, is that the Astros were the other team, really, if I remember correctly, that was in on Jordan. The Dodgers signed him and then traded for Josh Fields before he ever played an official game for the Dodgers. That's right. And yeah. here he is, you know. But, no, I, I, I've said before on the podcast, I think, if the Padres call you and they're interested in a player who is playing, either has yet to play, is playing Tricky League or something, has yet to play a game, or is playing in the DSL, I would generally say to the normal GM, 
you probably don't want to do that deal because it's probably fair to say that they may know more about that player than you there do. Are, there are so many Dominican summer... I mean, we've seen them already get yes. traded, but there's a lot of those guys that get asked about in trades. And, like, so some of the time the conversation... Because I've had guys just, like, tell me this, who've been involved in these talks, and they were like, yeah. Right, so the GM gets a phone call from uh, another GM... Uh, would you be willing to include this, you know, Dominican Summer League player in trade? Um, let me think about it. We'll get back to you. Calls up the guys down. Who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what do we have on this guy? Who is he? Like, so, um, and then, you know, and some, I think some teams have a better integrated than others, but like, there's definitely some guys where they were like, no, we don't want to risk. It used to be, I think more, like we saw Francis Martez get traded from the Marlins to the Astros. And I think, you know, we're still seeing these guys get traded, but I think it used to be some guys, and it actually happened in the Marlins case, where you think, well, if I'm the GM, what are the odds I may even have my job by the time this guy well, gets to the big leagues? Now I think we're seeing some guys think, uh, like, I don't want to be the next, I don't want to give away the next Fernando Tatis Jr. The other thing I think that used to be the case was is that you could acquire a guy like that in trade unless a team had spent a lot of money on him. Like, if a guy was like mm-hmm. a big mo- bonus guy, then it was something. But other than that, it's like, oh, we only spent 50. I've had scouts tell me, you know, it used to be like you could ask for a guy, and it's like, oh, they only spent $50,000 on him. You know, they would like, again, it would not filter up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Some of the, I was going to say some of it's communication, but some of the, I mean, Alexander Canara is not having the best year, so he's maybe not the best example. But like, sometimes you know pretty quickly, like, oh, my goodness, like this guy we signed for, he's still. Back in the day, like, or when the Brewers signed Orlando Arcia, they were like, huh. Yeah, they gave me like 80, 90 grand, something like that. And they were like, this is the best guy we signed. <laughs> and that, it's not surprising that happens because we're talking about, we're talking about 16-year-olds. And just like, you know, 16-year-olds can basically, you sign them. And it's not shocking that some of them show up the next year and you go, this is a different dude than the guy that we yeah, signed. Yeah, it's not like you have, all, you know, three years of SEC or ACC. You know, Kevin Smith maybe is like a, an exception, a guy who but, can really change. But even but, that. Yeah. The funny thing about that is, is on both sides in the draft, you have guys who are drafted, and almost immediately you'll have some guys. It's like I've that had scouts true. tell me, yeah. it's like they go like, "What the? What did we see in this guy?" <laughs> you know, like in the negative, it'd be like, "Oh, whoa, no, whoa, whoa, that went wrong." <laughs> and there are other guys you, they get drafted, and then it's like, "How did we get this guy in the thirty-second round?" This guy's better than anyone we took, you yeah, know. In the or f- even like a second round, like a Bo Bichette or mm-hmm. you know, Hans Kraus maybe. Like, yeah, some of those guys, they get to pro ball. And I think it's real too. Like, you can't, like, I, I don't just dismiss everything a guy does in like rookie ball as, as a small sample. I mean, you know, we're talking like 25, 30 bats. Okay, that is a small sample. But I think it's meaningful what a guy does, uh, you know, if he's playing almost a full Arizona League or Gulf Coast League season using a wood bat facing professional pitching compared to, you know, especially for the high school guys, I, th- I think it's, I think you can tell a, a pretty good amount to, to alter right. your pre-draft reports on a guy. Absolutely. And I would say that the, in the flip side also true, which is, is again, you want to, the thing you don't want to overreact. And when I talk to scouts, like I do New York Penn league, you know, you, I think you've done yeah, the I do Gulf Coast league too. You it's, know, like is there are times where you go, okay, like I've had, you know, guys like, I think he's just tired. Like you know, that's a huge. Oh yeah, context is huge, especially in the GCL where it's like it's a hundred and eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, especially if you're a catcher. You know, but it's like I think he was just tired, and so you say, okay, we're gonna give a pass on that. But sometimes you look back on that and you go, no, 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 that was our first indicator yeah. of a problem. Or sometimes, yeah, and it's it's not always true. There's no absolutes in this. We've both been doing this long enough. I think we're both basically, you know. It, you do this long enough, and it makes you, you have to be more humble because you've been wrong on it so many oh, times. Absolutely. But, Mace, again, like an example the other way, like a guy can have a great debut, like Mason Martin with the Pirates, who was a later round pick, who absolutely tore up the GCL last year. Big fan of his last year. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes this year. Okay, if you destroy the GCL like he did, it is a reasonable thing to say, we are moving you up to the South Atlantic League. And Mason Martin went to the South Atlantic League and discovered that the South Atlantic League is a significant step up from the Gulf Coast League. And was now he's back down in, uh, I believe, the Appy League now because he was not ready for the South Atlantic League. 
Again, it happens. But the thing that stands out, though, at the same time, though, is, is that that doesn't mean you do not, that those are not indicators. It just means they're not absolute indicators. Yeah, I think it's enough to move the needle mm-hmm. some. Uh, yeah, you don't want to stray too far, but there are definitely some times where you're like, hmm, you dig enough, you, you learn more about context and uh, how a guy was evaluated as an amateur or what he's doing as a pro. Uh, there definitely can be, and I'm sure there will be, some uh, some changes as we start. Man, we got our, our best tool league best tools coming up, and then pretty soon after that, we got our league top twenty prospects list coming up. So, um, and then we're heading out to Under Armour <laughs> uh, yeah. later this week, and I see some of the top uh, 2019 draft picks uh, for the this second is, time this week. Cause we saw saw a lot of them at the Junior Home Run Derby today too. Yeah, yeah. So there, see some of the top Dominican prospects 2019 and 20. I'm gonna see some of the USA 17 youth guys at, at some point uh, over the next couple of weeks. So. There's, a, there's never like a slow it time really, here, but it's always fun. It is fun. Like if it wasn't for that, it would really like this would, I will say this would, if you hated baseball, this would be the worst job possible. It's like, this is ever in. No, it's, it's yeah. year round. That's what I like. Finally, like I'm dumb enough that like after 10 years, it kind of like sunk in where you always hear like, you know, you want to hire, you know, if you're a team, you want to hire somebody at the entry level who's like passionate about baseball or, or just general life advice. If you know, I'm sure everybody started to do something you're passionate about, and I realized, oh, that's right, because if you weren't passionate about all of this and you didn't absolutely love all of what you go do, insane, you you yeah, you would go insane, and and you just wouldn't you just wouldn't want to do it at all. But this is like, all right, well, let's like I can't I, wait to go out and see all these guys and and write them all up and take all the video and break it all down it's no and we and we know we know we are fortunate i mean absolutely we've said like you know there we there are a thousand people out there who would love to do what we're doing and we are very fortunate to get to do it and we are aware of that and it is it is something where you cannot work at baseball america if it is not something where you the problem that i have you know i think you have it too is it's like i want to consume more baseball like you Baseball is a sport that you cannot cons- you cannot stay on top of everything as much as you want to because there are more games going on than it is possible to watch all of them. Like yeah. it's not a sport. I mean, like the reality is, is like the, again, there are sports. Back when I did NFL stuff, I could actually there was shortcuts. I could watch every single NFL game. There, I don't care how much you condense the game down, you cannot watch even every major league game. They play every day. It's, it, it does not stop. You don't have a week to, you know, and then you go, okay, but I want to be on top of Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball and College Baseball and the draft, and I want to know something about, I'll leave it to you. I trust you. Like, tell me what 16-year-olds I need to know about. But there's there's so much out there. But that's also what makes it awesome is, is that there's so much out there. Yeah, and there's so many... There's just we we have so many readers, and we got to talk to a bunch of them, you know, just just this week or this weekend out mm-hmm. here. There's so many fans, so many readers we have who who love it just as much as we do, and just that, you have to be. Yeah. I mean, look, if you are a casual baseball fan who has some interest in it, do not. I mean, again, I'm not trying to push you away. If you want to subscribe, hey, great, we'll, we'll we will take your money, but we are out there for the hardcore fan because you are the people who love this the way we do. Yeah, and it's it's just fun to like if you see us like at a game like say hello. Yes, yes, we, we enjoy. Would, yes, talking we do. about it. We'll probably talk too long, and you're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" No, no, I'll, I'll say this. this. I'll appreciate it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it because I've been out with my wife, and she mentions to someone, and they go, "Oh, I'm a baseball fan," and she goes, "Well, you know, you, you may want to talk to my husband." And I've learned to dial it back a little bit because I've learned that if someone says they're a baseball fan. That doesn't mean that they want a lot of times the full force. They don't want they want the water. They don't want your thoughts on the minor league rule five. Right, right, right. They want to know their right. They want to. They'll throw something out and they'll ask a question about their team. They want to know where Manny Machado is. Yeah, they'll ask a question about their team and it's like, oh, you know that, and it's like, yes. And now, do you want to know about their guy in low A that you've not heard about, who's really going to be interesting in three years? Most people don't want to hear that. So. If you're one of our Baseball America fans, you see us the game, you're going to want to hear about that. And I love talking about that. Oh, yeah. No, I was getting questions today about Marco Luciano and all sorts of different 
you know, more obscure prospects too, and and I we just love talking about it. You know, I mean, we do. I mean, yeah. that's again, we're sitting here. It's oh, it's now Monday. It's Monday, but we're like, no, we're, we need. We to started this on Sunday. Yeah, we started on Sunday and went into Monday recording this. Now we're gonna put this up on Monday because it is Monday. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is something where we love doing this. And again, if you aren't a subscriber and you want to join us, go to baseballamerica.com. Top of the page, just click join now, and you can. There is a plethora of stuff. I think we had like seven stories from eight stories, nine stories from the Futures game. We have a whole bunch of more of the prospect pad interviews too. I think some of those. I think some of those especially. Some of them are up, but yeah, really but there's. Enjoy. Yeah, and again, and we're gonna try to. When I say try, because there's a lot of great stuff in there. Like, and some of it we're gonna try to turn into some you know bite-sized pieces. Like, we may end up doing a couple of podcasts that we just pull out some audio from some of those because there was some really good stuff in there. Um, you may do that, but we're also going to do some stories on it because, again, there's a lot of great stuff. We want you all to see kind of a lot of that stuff because, again, we don't – it's not very often that we have a chance like, hey, we're going to talk 10 minutes with this player and then 10 minutes with this player and then 10 minutes with this player, and we kind of get to cover a lot of stuff. And, you know, again, that was – there's only so many hours a day. This is one time where it's like, no, 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 they come to us. So for seven hours – you know, that's what we did, and it was really, really fun. And we look forward to, we'll be doing this in Cleveland uh, 12 months from now. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm already... Unless uh, you're at the DSL All-Star game that week. No, I'll, I'll, I'll always go to the Futures game. I may try to go to a DSL All-Star game, but uh, no, I'm sure... Hopefully there'll be we'll one year where they don't interact. Either. Yeah, next year we'll, I'm sure we'll get... Uh, well, no, I'm not sure, but uh, hopefully we'll get some... Uh, I, hey, I would I would not mind going to the DSL All Star game with you too. <laughs> I'm serious. I would I you know again that would be that that would be that would check off a bucket list item for me. Really, it would. Yeah, know? yeah. It's, and uh, I would actually my first DS my first Dominican trip. I would kind of not mind doing it with you. You know the lay of the land more than I do. No, hopefully next year maybe we'll get some uh, some Eric Pardino and some Wander Franco in Cleveland or something like that. Hey, I, I don't think that's a crazy thought at all. You no. know, the, actually, no. The crazy thought is is the Rays move their guys a little slower. The crazy thought would be, oh, well, you know, if we're talking next year, it's like, you know, that way we were really looking forward to seeing Wander Franco. Can't believe he's in the big leagues. Yeah, that won't happen with the Rays. But no. But by, Nash- by the time he's twenty, I I think he'll he has a good chance to be there at that point. That'll so, be that, that's a great bold prediction to end this on. It is now Monday, so we're gonna wrap this up because <laughs> we both have travel ahead of us. Uh, later today now. So for Ben Badler, I'm JJ Cooper. So long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.